What's up, baby squid? Nick coming at you here. I'm here with Andrea. Hey. Um, so I have baby number four coming pretty soon. Due date is literally Friday. Today is Wednesday. So it dawned on me that there is a topic that Andrea and I needed to talk about here on Fuster Cluck Parenting, and that is sleep deprivation. No, no, no. Yes, this episode <laughs> is all about sleep deprivation. So, um, again, baby number four for us is due in a couple of days, and I realize um, that my whole routine of sleep is about to drastically change again. And while Andrea has had a different experience than me, which she'll share in just a moment, um, for me, it's taken about a year or two for each of our kids to kind of get to the point where they're sleeping through the night comfortably and I don't have to worry about them. Um, and all of my kids are two years apart. So we just keep pushing this normal sleep routine further and further down the road. And again, it's about to kick it's about to get kicked further down the road here in a couple of days for me. So, all of you parents out there, you know what sleep deprivation is all about. So we're going to share some stories and some experiences about how they're different. And Andrea has one. Her experience was different than mine. It didn't take a year or two for her kids to sleep through the night. Um, but she's got a story to tell. Um, and it's a little bit dramatic, which you parents out there will uh, uh, identify with. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. I, you know... I don't know if I was just a mean mom, I certainly thought so at the time, but I am not someone that does well on very little sleep. And uh, when I had my first one, I had some amazing people in my prenatal class that swore by this book that they gave me. And so I decided to take what works and kind of put this somewhat military method in place for my kids to train them. And it was basically, I don't even know if I remember the order now, I want to say sleep, eat, play was the order or something, and it was very strict. So it's like you put them to bed, the minute they wake up you feed them, and then they play, and then they go back to sleep. But there was, it was a very almost military thing. Anyway, I did that, you know, after maybe three or four weeks I started doing that, once they got over the every two hours wanting to eat everything. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, big picture it worked. Um, Micro snapshot, I was an absolute wreck for three days. I felt like the worst parent ever. Um, you know, first time mom at 24 and they, 24, 27. My mom was 24, I was 27. And um, I just remember sitting on my couch. I was in a loft at the time, so it wasn't very soundproof. And I was sitting in the living room kind of rocking and, you know, turning the volume up on the TV, hearing him cry in the other room and feeling awful. Um, but, I mean, it did work. And the... The downside now, even though everyone says I was spoiled, because that was at about, I don't know, eight or ten weeks, they were sleeping about six hours a night. I was really lucky. <laughs> but that being said, I was, you know, the neuroses didn't go away right away. I had one of those monitors that had the light and the sound on it, and I would turn the sound almost off, just on enough that it was working and measuring in the room, and then I would just lie in bed and watch the light so that I would know if they were screaming or just crying sort of muffled, snorty sounds. Um, yeah, so it worked, but it, 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 I still feel guilt in a way. <laughs> yeah. This poor little thing. But um, yeah, I, 
I was a much better, better mom when I got sleep, I will say that. So it did help a lot. I was a lot more engaged. Um, and same thing with the little one. My second son was, was super mellow by comparison. Um, but the flip side to all of this is now that my older is a teenager, he's a nightmare. He won't get up. <laughs> so I don't know if that's maybe, you know, maybe I should have let him stay up longer as a kid and now he would sleep less. Huh. I don't know. But I think maybe it's just hormones and teenagerness. Probably. But um, it's funny to me how looking back in, say, college and even early 20s that we would push the limit on how little sleep we could survive on and go back to work functional. That was such a weird time in life, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I essentially became, a, you know, awake till dawn, sleep till noon kind of person for two or three years there in college, which is not a healthy lifestyle, I have to say. Well, not at all, but I, I even want to say the first few years of work, it was like, oh, there's all these events. We have these after parties or we have these, you know, networking things. And so we'd go and we'd stay out till two or three in the morning and then we'd be at work at eight. Yeah. It was so bizarre looking back and then yeah. somehow fast forward five years and the idea of surviving on five or six hours of sleep is absolutely abhorrent. No, it's so true. And my, my wife and I, you know, by the time the kids go to sleep now at nine or, you know, nine o'clock or something like that, you know, we look at each other and it's like, you know, maybe we can squeeze an episode of something in on Netflix, but you know, I'm going to start getting ready for bed at 10 o'clock because I know those kids are going to be up at dawn every day. It doesn't matter what time you go to sleep at night. They're up at the same time exactly. the next day looking for food. So, Hey, honey, yeah. fist pump, we're yeah, up. It's, <laughs> so that kind of pushes your bedtime earlier and earlier and earlier and your willingness to stay up late and catch, you know, whatever fun is happening. It just, it doesn't matter anymore. So, right. But I guess yeah. the game plan is you guys are still pretty young by, you know, if you look around you to have kids. And so you're still going to be feisty when they're gone. You're going to have all this sleep. You're going to be used to running on no sleep. So you're going to be party animals. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. One of these days, you know, probably 15, 20 years from now, you're going to see me and Lindsay stumbling around downtown Ventura, wine tasting our butts off. Um, but that's to be uh, determined, folks. Um, well, I think you shared an experience that most parents can identify with, and that is at some point when you're going to get to a regimented sleep schedule, you have to let those kids cry themselves to sleep. And sometimes it takes two or three days and you feel like a terrible parent. We've had to do it a few times and it is not fun. Um, I think with our first kid, I felt like a terrible parent. My wife did too, but each time you know, after that, because we have three, we're about to have four, um, I felt less and less like a bad parent because right. it's just part of it. Like at some point you realize this has to happen. Um, but I remember for the first kid especially just feeling miserable about hearing them crying. So, yeah. Um, well, I've got a couple of short uh, stories to tell. Yeah, Can I yeah, share them? Yeah, better, okay. absolutely. <laughs> so um, there's two. One is more general and one is more specific. So the general one is with my youngest, Henley, who is two. Um, she's probably the lightest sleeper of all of our kids. And what we've come to find out um, is that if my wife goes in to try and soothe her in the middle of the night, if she wakes up, my daughter thinks that it is wake up time and does not go back to sleep. In fact, it becomes this horrendous experience at two or three o'clock in the morning. However, 
if I go in there, if daddy goes in there to soothe her at two or three o'clock in the morning, for some reason she goes back to sleep. So now when we hear the cries, my wife just kind of smiles and I get to go in there and usually she goes right back to sleep. In fact, she's usually up probably two or three times during the night, but she'll go right back to sleep as long as I go in there to soothe her. However, every once in a while, she'll be up five, six, seven times, in which case I'll just bring a blanket into her room and sleep on the floor for the second half of the night simply so that we can all go back to sleep, um, which is great for my daughter, which is great for my wife, but it's not so great for my neck and my back. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. So that's my more general story is just learning how the routine works with kids. Um, my more specific story happened recently. So um, my family was on vacation in Big Bear with a good friend of mine and his kids. So um, two families of five, four parents, six kids all six and under. Um, we have this nice big cabin in Big Bear that we were renting. Um, and you know that sleep is going to be interesting. So the first night we're there, first of all, we're letting the kids stay up because they have their friends. Um, and then when it's time to finally go to sleep, they don't want to go to sleep because they're all amped up. They're all excited. They want to be playing. And that's just common. That's how it is on vacation. At least it is for my kids. Um, so we're already getting a late start and then they're not going right to sleep. And then my middle daughter, Kenzie, um, has a nosebleed at like one or two o'clock in the morning because the air is so dry up there. And this is just something that genetically runs in my family. So now they finally gotten to sleep and she's, in our room crying hysterically because there is blood everywhere. So that's a good solid half hour, right? Of cleaning up the bathroom and the blood on the floor and getting the nosebleed to stop and getting her, you know, to, to go back to sleep. Great. So that was a couple hour shift of sleep that we got interrupted by a nosebleed. Well, my friend Kevin, his kids wake up even earlier than my kids. And apparently they wake up screaming and crying every single morning. So at this cabin that we're staying at, Kevin's family was upstairs and we're downstairs. They start crying at five o'clock in the morning. I've only been asleep for a couple more hours. The walls and the floors and the ceilings are all paper thin. So we hear all of it. And apparently they like to run around or something or or have a circus or just like a, you know, a bunch of elephants are upstairs running around. So it's five o'clock in the morning, which starts with screaming. And then like, there is just so much running around going upstairs that it is shaking our room. So now it's five o'clock and I'm up. What am I going to do? I'm up and it wakes my kids up. So now they're up. Um, and that's just part of it too. So I'm on this nice, relaxing vacation with my family in Big Bear to appreciate the mountain air and so on. Um, and sure didn't get a whole lot of sleep while we were there for three nights, that's for sure. But um, that's my specific story. And I just, with baby number four coming, I couldn't help but think that, God, when is it? When does it change? <laughs> well, and I know I've spoken to some moms about this over the years and they, I know I can relate to this. They've all told me to some extent or another that when they became a mom, 
they never slept the same again. Yeah. They can't knock out to the same level. And I want to say it changes when your kids leave, but I don't even think it does because you're always kind of amped up for a phone call or not that you're worried that they're going to, you know, hurt themselves, but it's just innately there's that missing piece all the time. Yeah. And I, I'm sure dads have it to some extent as well. But I know um, with moms for sure there's that wiring in us. I don't know. And so I, I don't know that you're ever going to sleep the same way. And I think you're probably right. I'm 39. My mom is, I have to do math. My mom is almost 65 or 65. She might be 65. I'm sure it's the same for her. I, I, you know, I've been out of the house for 20 years. I'm sure that she hasn't had a good night's sleep. Sorry, mom. Um, although I don't know if that's entirely true. So let me tell another story. So, um, a couple years back we were on vacation with, um, my wife's family. So she has an older brother um, and they have three kids who are now, gosh, 17, 15, 13. I don't know if that's exactly true, but it's around there. Um, a couple years ago, we were on vacation with them up in Lake Arrowhead and we had young kids and we're going through this routine of just being up early and constantly awake and so on. Um, and my wife's brother and sister-in-law, I swear they slept until 10 o'clock each morning we were there. Their kids could get up on their own, get themselves a bowl of cereal, turn on cartoons or whatever it was, and they let their parents sleep. And I remember being so jealous. I remember wondering at what point is it that the kids are old enough to take care of themselves so that mom and dad can sleep on vacation? Um, and I don't know what the exact answer is. All I do know is that with baby number four coming in the next day or two, um, that I'm pushing that, again, further down the road by a couple more years. So It's true. I think... It's all about strategic breaks, right? So, you know, send the grandparents lots of great gifts every opportunity that you can so that they're super eager to take all four kids at one time. <laughs> That's so true. And then you literally, it's not a dinner date any, anymore on those days. It's like a lunch date and bed at seven. <laughs> Actually, that's perfect because it reminds me of yet another story. For my birthday this last year in October, my mom got us a night in a hotel in Santa Barbara. And she said, I'm coming to your house. I'll babysit the kids. You guys go. So what did my wife do? and I do? We went and saw an early movie. We had for us what would be considered a really late dinner, which was like 8 o'clock. We had dinner. We made it back to the hotel, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. We're done. We're out. We, we slept probably till 8 o'clock. It was the best gift that I had gotten since my kids were born. Um, and all it was was just a night of sleep. Sleep in silence. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, parents out there or soon-to-be parents, brace yourselves. <laughs> With the first one, sure, sleep when they sleep. But when there's more than one, um, just sleep when you can. Sleep when you can. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, I, I, I don't know. Power to you. Yeah. I think we all go through it. It's part, it is. It's part of being a parent is that you don't sleep as heavily as you did before that. I, and I guess this is the trade because I will say that's my complaint. My son sleeps too much now. And on the weekends, it is great. I get a few more hours if yeah. I want to. Yeah. So you only have to wait, what? Well, on school hours? days, it's like get up and get out of bed before they expel you for being tardy again. <laughs> yep. Basically. Gotcha. Anyways, I don't know. Sleep. Sleep. Get your sleep. For those of you without kids, youngins, people listening, 
sleep now, appreciate it, and enjoy it because once it's gone, you will miss it. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrea. Thanks, everyone out there, for tuning in. This is Baby Squid. This is Sleep Deprivation. We're out. Bye.